Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Welcome back to episode 28 of Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking all about conflict resolution. But first, if you're a first-time listener, welcome to Work Life 360. You found us. You did it. Congratulations. If you've been with us for a while, thank you for continuing to join Rhonda and I every single week as we deliver great content every single Wednesday. Again, guys, today it's all about conflict resolution. Uh, Rhonda, how are you? I'm doing great, Bruce. Uh, excited to talk about uh, conflicts that come up. The spouse had a little bit of that this weekend. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that we all have different ways of dealing with it. And I don't know that we really talk about why that happens and why the tension comes about as individuals because um, we all have different desires and motives and needs or values and that can cause yeah. some heated discussions but there are ways that we can definitely try to work through it in healthy ways yes yes and so quick update for all of you that are eagerly waiting to hear my update on my 60-day challenge yes. uh i have not had to start over i am actually the only one in our group that hasn't started over knock on wood uh Eating salad is still the toughest part, but it's getting better. I've I've mixed it up a little bit, and it's it's great. Uh, I did notice, however, my my clarity and and you know how sometimes you feel foggy brained or just kind of lackadaisical a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've found just feeling better since I'm doing this. I'm feeling. Like I should feel better. I don't know. I do know that the cold showers and the the not drinking alcohol and um, no candy and sweets and sugars all plays a a role in our health. It is, I am very clear headed and I've noticed that, uh, especially in stressful situations where, you know, maybe I'm on a coaching call with somebody and they're going through a really hard time or you know, we've gone over the same concept over and over and over again. They're not taking action. So that's frustrating for me because I feel like we're just on repeat. So I'm getting a lot of clarity, um, which is great. I it's It's been a fun challenge where I'm on day 23 and got to go to day 60, almost halfway there and excited to get to day 60 and just kind of reflect on the, the journey. Um, I know that a few people had emailed us and you know we've responded back and hopefully your our encouragement is is helping you along your journey one of my uh good friends that i work with he joined the challenge uh and i i do have to say that he's doing awesome and i'm i'm cheering him on every single day uh so if you're listening you know who you are keep going you've got this um but yeah, that's that's kind of my update on the on the sixty day challenge, and I, I think it's it's going well. Yeah, we had someone 
decide to prioritize their sleep. So we did talk about the significance of sleep in an earlier podcast. And that's one, I think, in this industry that we tend to leave for the last resort in terms of behaviors that maybe we're trying to change. We'll, we'll tweak the exercise, the eating healthy, the mindfulness, the moving throughout the day, the drinking water and hydration challenges. But that sleep one, that seems to be the one that really is problematic for folks to stick to because of all the things on our list day to day. So, and procrastination that we've talked about. But it really matters. As you mentioned, Bruce, with your challenge, it really helps bring about some clarity in your mindset. And when we get adequate amounts of sleep, it really does help us show up in a way that we can handle conflict in a healthier Mm. way. So with that, yes. put that little yes. in there. So when, when we talk about conflict and when we dive into just the definition, okay, is simply to face, to bring, to encounter face-to-face and to have a confrontation to bring up front, right? To bring something face-to-face and to take it head on. Um, when, does, when does confrontation go wrong? Okay, people may get mad in the short term when they're being confronted about something, but they rarely stay mad when confrontation is dealt with properly. It's very important that you stay how focused and not why focused. And you go into it with a focus of why. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why are you doing this? you are gonna get excuses. Instead, if you focus on how, how can we do this? How can we make sure this doesn't happen? How can we improve our situation? It's accepting the past is a negative and correcting the negative and turning it into a positive. So all of our managers out there that have people below them and you have an underperformer that you need to confront, that is a conflict. It's very important to stay how focused. How can we ensure that you hit your dials each week? It's how focused, not why didn't you make as many dials as, as what we require? You're going to get excuses and that's not going anywhere. It's hardest when they, when there's potential that they get mad at you personally. So when we're talking about marital or spousal or boyfriend girlfriend relationship conflict it's hard to have because you don't want them to be mad at you personally but you still need to have that conversation when you deal with confrontation you want to focus on the word us more than you okay remind yourself what feels worse the confrontation itself or the regret that you have by not addressing it when you know that you should. Okay, again, that kind of rolls back into having the conversation sooner rather than later. Does that make sense, Rhonda? Yeah, well, it sounds like what you're describing is, you know, we're having conversations with folks and there's something off and there's something that needs to be resolved. It's taking away the blame game Mm-hmm. Why did you do this? How come you didn't do that? What were you thinking? And that 
throws us off our equilibrium and then we become very defensive. And so that emotional part of our brain takes over instead of our higher thinking skill set from our prefrontal cortex. And Mm -hmm. that leads to some reactions that are not always healthy and that makes us feel very defensive just naturally. And that's just a part of human nature and understanding that conflicts are a great opportunity to grow and develop as long as we are open to receiving how best to resolve it, which you indicated. So when we look at conflict in a positive variance as much as we can, it can become very thought-provoking and opens us up to that growth mindset. But as humans, sometimes we're very driven by our brain, like our brain immediately starts to think that we're being blamed and somebody has a negative opinion about Mm -hmm. us or we're not living up to someone else's expectations. That can cause us to react in unhealthy ways and say things that we might regret. Honestly, before we came on, I had mentioned to you, like my husband and I had a little scuffle this weekend on Sunday, um, and without getting into all the ins and outs of it, it was one of those, well, why didn't you ask for help? Reframing the conflict in a way where you take out the blame is really important. How about next time? Or how about we try this? Mm -hmm. And in his defense you know i said to him well why didn't you reach out to your boss and ask him where you're going to be like why are you waiting till the last minute because he was frustrated not knowing where he was going to be working on monday and we go through this quite often during monsoon season so for me i'm trying to be helpful but my delivery was not the best so then he's miserable and then i'm miserable because he's miserable and it just like snowballs yeah so we set aside time for each one of us to kind of regroup and then I apologize. I was just sharing with you the way I would handle it, how I would feel in that moment and the steps that I would take if I was feeling like you. My intention was to help you and I understand that wasn't very helpful. I'm sorry about that. How best can I help you in the future? And he's like, next yeah. time, just listen. Just know that I'll handle it my way. And then that was yeah. the end of that. But you know, it was um, it was a little frustrating for both of us and there was some tension. I want to I wanna kind of touch on that is is what does your mindset need to be going into that conversation Um, approach the conversation from a place of purpose and not a place of pride purpose is serving others the purpose is the bigger picture this will probably come up again this will probably come up in monsoon monsoon season so the bigger picture is how do we effectively handle the situation next time it comes up the bigger picture, okay? Um, So when we prepare for confrontation, it's good to go into the conversation with with preparation. Now, obviously, not every situation that comes up, you're going to be able to sit down and write write a list out and create an agenda and and have a nice, quiet place and, you know, pay attention to the meeting site and all that good stuff. Sometimes it comes up on the fly. But know what you want to address. What do you wish you could say? Okay, now rewrite that to focus on the behavior, not the results. So if we go back to calling, making prospecting calls, why didn't you make your calls last week? That's focusing on the action and not the behavior. Okay, why are you going to have this conversation? Why is this important? Write that down. There's 
obviously going to be the potential for negative reactions, write out their possible objections going into it so you're prepared. Okay. Again, I'm going to use making your prospecting calls. Maybe they uh, left early one day because they had a migraine. Maybe they had school starting back up and they had to take their kids to school. Know the objections that may be coming up ahead of time so you can be emotionally prepared and not be be kind of caught off track. Um, so when we when we deal with with confrontation, one big tip that I love to, to share with people, and this is personal, professional, is this. When dealing with conflict and confrontation, you have to take the words I and you out of your vocabulary. And instead, use terms like we, us. So for example, I'm going to go back to you know the prospecting. Say somebody they're required, you know, their goal is to make 70 calls a, a day and they're only hitting 30. How can we get your activity up moving forward? Instead of your numbers were very low last week. Why didn't you hit your numbers? Focus on the activity or the problem. The problem is they didn't make their dials, but easy on the person. And by being how focused, you're focused on the solution and not the reaction or the reactatory, I don't even know if that's a word, mm -hmm. and focusing on the past. Um, so let's set the stage for, for different personality types. Okay, so if you have a counselor, somebody who is very team focused, very focused on how others feel, doesn't necessarily make a decision without the team's consensus, the tone that you want to use with a counselor is going to be a low tone and low, and low speed. Okay, um, with a fighter, somebody that makes decisions very quickly, somebody that uh, wants to get straight to the, the to the meats and potatoes, you want to use a strong, a strong tone, but a low, low speed, okay, and get directly to the problem. You don't need to sugarcoat it. You don't need to um, bounce around the conflict. A detective is somebody who want, who's very analytical. They want the numbers. They want to know how it works. They want to know processes and systems. Uh, you want to use a low tone, but a quicker speed, okay. They want to get. They want to get to the facts, the features, the functions of whatever conflict you're dealing with. And then a counselor, um, I'm sorry, an entertainer. Entertainers are going to be a high tone, high speed. These are people who love the, the social atmosphere. You can kind of relate to them as, as type A personalities. But knowing and understanding the personality of the person that you're about to have a confrontation or address a conflict with, with is extremely important because each personality is going to react to the conflict or the confrontation a little bit different um, and when addressed incorrectly they may not be as receptive to the the, um, the feedback the criticism um, and and there is a difference between complaining okay and critical feedback okay Critical feedback offers a solution to the problem and complaining simply just says, 
why didn't you make your numbers? Right, that's complaining. So it sounds like based upon this model, you're using maybe some interpersonal skills that these different managers are utilized to help deal with different conflicts. It's interesting. Some people are the avoider. They want to avoid conflict at all costs. Um, So you're going to have to deal with those folks in a certain way. And some people just, they have some inner personal conflict. So it may have nothing to do really with the job itself. So kind of finding out, like you mentioned earlier on, what is their purpose for being there and kind of tapping into what really attracts them to the job and to show up as their best self is really an important way to uh, to manage the conflict and taking a more humanistic approach. Sometimes I think we forget that, especially in the heat of the moment when things get dropped last minute. Sometimes we forget that. And so as managers, it's really being in tune with our our emotions as well and making sure that not only the words that we use, but our body language and our tone of voice is really important. I can share with you talking with an employee. It was one of those same scenarios. Well, I did this, well, I did that, and, and was taking ownership of, and really felt disconnected with the bigger mission of all the different players involved in the success for what had transpired. And the delivery of communicating to her that this was a team effort really meant slowing down conversation, making eye contact, having open body language so my hands weren't crossed and looking at her in the eyes and verbalizing in a compassionate way, like I understand your frustrations, you put a lot of time into this. Um, So it's really building that trusting relationship early on, I think, so that when the conflicts show up, we're able to reduce some of the tension and the defensiveness that's automatically going to show up sometimes in stressful situations. Yeah. One of the things I always start with when confronting underperformers or, you know, you have a disciplinary action is how do you confront them? How do you confront your under underperformers? Do you have a process in place? And is your process fair across the board? Mm. Um, and then do you have written out steps, step by step, in a, a progressive uh, progressive conf- confrontations as, the, as time goes on? So mm. are you consistent with your consequences? But then you also, you cannot inspect what you don't expect. So if you out of the blue come out and try to confront somebody for underperforming on their phone calls, but you don't inspect the phone calls regularly and you just mm-hmm. out of the blue come out and confront them, they're going to be lost. You know, why is that important this week? I literally had a manager do that. And I, I remember sitting at my desk thinking, I haven't, nobody's addressed this with me in mm-hmm. years. Like, where did this come from? So do you inspect what you expect? Yeah. And I would add for managers or even the receiver, just imagine yourself in the other person's shoes. And it goes back to know your people. The more you know your people, the more successful any type of conflict resolution is going to play out. Because when there's trust there and you've established the relationships early on out of the gate and you're 
reviewing their performance on a consistent basis, nothing is going to be a shocker. Like people should not be shocked, shocked that there's an issue with the amount of calls they're making. I know it's hard depending on the size of your team, but if you're building a workforce for success, you're implementing all the little steps along the way so that you can maybe diverge or even avoid some of those conflicts or even soften the blow because there's there's an expectation there that's been clearly defined and the goals are laid out so um, i would add that little caveat yeah and Rhonda, i'll be i'll be completely honest here a lot of the the newer managers that i work with i all across the board really honestly they treat their one-on-ones like performance reviews so when you bring up that shock factor yes like there are so many situations and and stories that i've heard where they want to have these quote-unquote one-on-ones and every one-on-one is a performance review every time they go into the office it's they they leave feeling worse than when they came in Hmm. guys these one-on-ones are not meant to be performance reviews nobody wants to be reviewed every two weeks every week every month performance reviews are to be used maybe quarterly mm-hmm. half or yearly yeah and i would add to that so i actually had someone from another organization reach out to me she was in a new manager position was meeting with her team and she knew that our expectations were really high how do i manage this person long story short my biggest message to her was make sure that you communicate the expectations of this one-on-one what's going to happen what is the focus there's something in particular it's a new hire and you're going to explain or go over the policies and procedures for navigating something new to them but also invite them to bring to the meeting questions and concerns that they have and as they progress leave space open for them to contribute to share their view as to what they're enjoying, what do they feel they're really good at, and where else would they like to contribute some of their talents or learn more things about. Creating that space where they feel that they have a voice in that conversation, and I don't think that managers early on really take time to do that. So my suggestion was have them show up with like two or three things that they would like to talk about whatever those three things are and commit to listening really listening and then go from there yeah and and i know we talked a lot about a, a manager setting and an, a professional setting to deal with conflict but this all translates into personal life as well uh i i saved a thanksgiving a family thanksgiving last year there was a a guy i was working with and his brother was coming in town and his brother and him don't get along and they knew that they were going to have to have a conversation because it's been a long time and and to save time i i worked on how to deal with conflict with this individual and they actually it saved their thanksgiving they were able to uh hash out what they needed to in order to have a great thanksgiving and he sent me a, a video message while they're at Thanksgiving with his arm around his brother and just said, thank you for all of your advice and your wisdom. And this is, this is my brother. We're now closer than we've ever been. So guys, this, this isn't just for your personal life or I'm sorry, your professional life, but it carries over again. If you're dealing with your spouse, or you're dealing with your kids, you be how focused, take I and you out of your, out of your vocabulary and th- 
things will get better. Yeah, and have healthy, nonviolent communication. I'm just speaking from my perspective. I don't think for me in the workplace, at least at this point, I don't see a lot of violent communication. It was very different 20 years ago. Thankfully, things have changed, but it's not perfect. But I think often in our personal lives, sometimes if we've been brought up in an environment where violent communication was just the way things were within our family and with our friends, we sometimes think that that's the only way to go. But there's plenty of good books out there that talk about how to have healthy, non-violent communication during conflicts because the closer we are to a person or a situation, the more invested we are with them, that can lead to some really unhealthy interpersonal conflicts and even within ourself um, where we feel like you know we have to defend ourselves or defend our stance particularly if with someone who thinks very differently or has a very strong opinion that's different than ours like we still love these people we still value them and want them part of our lives but sometimes it takes somebody who's very cognizant of their emotional intelligence to maybe set the stage so that you can have those very difficult conversations and explore um, a more healthy interaction with your family and loved ones. So we see that a lot. Kudos to you, Bruce, for having that conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, this, this concludes our episode of Work Life 360. We hope that this one found value and purpose and uh, guided you on your journey to being a comp- better self. Thank you very much for listening in. Take care and be well. Be well, everybody. Thanks for joining. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.